That's the sound of the coffee pouring. Welcome to the Doctor's Brew. I'm your host, Dr. Abdelaziz Al Khayat, and having coffee with us today is Dr. Ahmed Lebsiri. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, we're super happy to have you here. Today, we're going to talk about something that has recently been truly revolutionized. I, I, and I'm not saying that that's not an understatement. It's been revolutionized in Kuwait. Yeah. What is the cornerstone of any population's healthcare system? And uh, I'm sorry to the orthopedic surgeons out there. <laughs> it's not the hospitals. It's actually in the poly clinics. It's primary care. In recent years, Kuwait has uh, greatly changed its approach to primary care with great strides like getting uh, the Family Medicine Board. It's the exam. That's it's the exam, exactly. Yeah, that's being uh, uh, accredited by uh, the UK. And more to come, which we're going to talk about in the podcast. And uh, so we're going to delve deep about primary care in Kuwait, where we were, uh, where we are today, and uh, where I think we're going to go in the future. We're going to talk about some controversial stuff as well. So it's not going to be, this is not just a promotion episode. We really want to um, break this down. Yes. Uh, and I think it's really important to do that. And who better than an R3 in the Kuwaiti uh, Family Medicine Board. So thank you so much for coming on. Dick thank Tull. you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be on the show. I think I've spoken to you before this mm -hmm. podcast and I've, I've guessed all over it. <laughs> so uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's an absolute pleasure. Uh, it's it's nice to have a fan on, so that's uh, yeah. high praise. Thank yeah, you so person. much. <laughs> uh, now, um, I want to talk about uh, some shout-outs real quick, and sure. then let's talk about the coffee. So, shout-out-wise, uh, as you guys know, uh, if you follow our uh, social media uh, do, uh, at the thedoctorsbrew.kw, you'll know that we've been uh, partnered up with uh, Dream Med, uh, 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 Dream Med Scrubs, and uh, they're actually a scrub brand that is based in uh, the UAE. Now, uh, I, I love their scrubs. I've been wearing them recently on the ward. I do apologize because I wore them the other day, and that's why I didn't have them fresh for today's uh, recording. But, um, yeah, I've been wearing them recently on the ward. They're super comfortable. Um, they're, they have lots of different styles. And I want to emphasize this. I like that they are local. Mm. Um, it's it, great. Seeing all these kind of, uh, you know, like uh, figs, uh, sketchers, etc. They're great scrubs. I wear them. But also, I do believe that we should support our local initiatives. So adding something local to, our, uh, to your collection is definitely important. And because we're partnered uh, with them, uh, we'd like to offer the Doctors Brew uh, listeners um, a discount. So we'll flash the discount code magically through the, uh, the power of editing right over here. And uh, please be sure to uh, check out their online store. Um, follow our socials again because you're going to see we're going to have some reels with them. Uh, we're going to post some stuff with them. So we're, we're, we're doing some cool stuff with them. And please, um, uh, I really recommend to check them out. They're super cool. Uh, so shout out number one. Shout out number two, uh, Studio Stretch. If any of you uh, are doing, um, uh, let's say, a rotation in Shweikh, if, like, for example, Sabah Hospital, um, and, you know, maternity, any any of the 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 uh, uh, Sabah hospital uh, um, hospitals. Uh, be sure to check out Studio Stretch. The other day, I went in. Uh, they invited me to come in uh, for a stretch, and basically, you go in, and they they have a team of you know people of different backgrounds. They're uh, physiotherapists, yo uh, yogis, like uh, uh, for yoga, and they stretch you out. Now, for me. That was super important because, uh, as many of you know, uh, I recently just finished my exam, and uh, I was sitting for six to ten hours a day. 
and uh, my muscles have just tensed up from the lack of movement for the past month or so. So going in the other day was really great. Um, we'll, again, we'll flash their uh, s uh, social media handles over here. And uh, please be sure to uh, check them out. And it literally takes 30 minutes, so just go in, uh, get stretched out, and keep going through your day. We're all active. No need to uh, hurt ourselves, you know? That's true. Uh, yeah, so those are our two shout-outs for today. And let's talk about something important, the coffee. What do you think, Yes. Um, I absolutely love this coffee. Mm -hmm. I expected it to be a bit acidic, mm -hmm. but it's not. Okay. Uh, it's very easy, like, on the palate. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe there's a hint of like a, a citrus undertone to it. I'm not sure if that's yours. Special. Yes, yours. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good, there's good. a bit of an undertone there. So uh, I actually, I actually love it. It's so nice. Yeah. Well, the, just to let you guys know, we're drinking um, uh, our. We always drink this here on the podcast, uh, Earth Roastery, and uh, like I mentioned before, we're doing their drip, um, like kind of to go uh, coffee. Sis uh, Pouches. I'm, I don't know the official name, <laughs> uh, but uh, for if anyone wants good quality coffee, real quick, I definitely recommend going there. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm glad that you like the coffee. Yeah, it's lovely. I um, needed it. I, I slept four hours last night, so no this way. is good. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, we should like you should get your coffee for yeah. sure. Um, I definitely need it. Honestly, <laughs> today, I, like I knew that coming to the podcast um, was like a huge step for me as well. Like, oh, okay. Because I'm a huge fan of it, mm -hmm. so. Uh, it's nice to have coffee like over it, so yeah, that's nice. I'm glad. Um, yeah. yeah. Actually, can I ask you a question before yeah, we go into it? Just to flip yeah. the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, um, out of all the types of coffee, mm. what would your friends like describe you as? What would my friends describe me if I was a coffee? Yes, that's oh. a question. Maybe that's like a, a better way to frame it. If, you know, it's funny. I think they would describe me as a coffee I don't drink. Oh. Okay, which which is espresso? Espresso, oh, no, yeah. okay. Yeah, which is a bit intense and, uh, and, and delivers yeah. a punch. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think yeah. If anything, I'm uh, I'm an espresso shot. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I hope nice. I hope nice. <laughs> it's it's good to be intense because it shows passion, and uh, okay. like doing medicine like as a job, you have to have like you have to have passion for it. So. Definitely. I, I, I'm, I'm glad you say that <laughs> because that, that uh, reassures me a little bit. I think I, I, at times I do wish I was a bit calmer. Yeah. I get it. But you, give, it. you, you, know, you give me a very uh, calm energy. Yeah, that's the family medicine training. Really? Yeah. That's the family medicine training. You have to be calm. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's yeah, actually interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I each specialty requires its own, you know, like, um, do you, have you seen the doctor, uh, doctor, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, so I apologize. Oh, yeah. I Dr. Glaucoma Flecken? Yes. You've yes. seen the, the, yes. the parody yes. the one videos who does or whatever. Like, the, um, like a parody of like each yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. subspecialty. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm sure you have to have to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the, the, the videos on family medicine? I've seen the videos on family. I've seen also the videos, I think, of the orthopedics. Uh, but the orthopedics ones are 100% accurate. It's Bassam, so accurate. Victor Bassam <laughs> who was on this podcast, if you're watching this, 100% you. Without a doubt, <laughs> I think I think like there's merit to every stereotype kind of. Isn't like there are some bases to it, but uh, like of course not everyone is like that. So yeah. Well, I I promise you this right now and to our viewers, if I am successful in becoming a psychiatrist, I'm gonna definitely get a tweed jacket. 
That's a <laughs> <laughs> tweet place. I'm gonna go in a tweet That's place. Amazing. That's amazing. I promise that. I'm looking forward to seeing that actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, so let's. Uh, we've we've talked our shoutouts. We've talked uh, coffee. So we're caffeinated. Yes. Uh, we know that we're gonna go get some scrubs, and you're gonna uh, we're gonna go get stretched out. For so sure, for sure. cool. Yeah. Let's dive in here. Family medicine in Kuwait. I want to talk about the past and present. I'm going to tell you about kind of my experience with uh, family medicine, yeah. uh, like growing up as a kid. Sure. Because it, it framed for me what I thought was a doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this kind of illustrates kind of the differences and how um, things have changed. My impression, I don't know if this is true or not, but this was what I was told growing up, was that family medicine... I mean, going to the Mstosov, yes. the people, uh, the doctors working in the Mstosov, are doctors who decided not to specialize. And that's where they work, mm. you know? Um, that's the role of, that's the primary care physician is someone who's not specialized, so therefore he delivers primary care. Mm-hmm. Was this the case before? Um, well, I think there is merit to what sometimes that is said or that is thought of family medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, family medicine has come a long way mm-hmm. from the start. So I think I think the first polyclinic that was established in Kuwait was in 1938. 1938. Yeah. So really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was the first one. Um, so that was that was the first uh, governmental one. Okay. That was that was established. The first hospital slash polyclinic was in 1904. So just a bit of history there. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, okay. So from then it was like the way we used to do family medicine. Yeah. Was more of a general practice where it's the doctor telling the patient what to do, and then that's it. That's that's okay. like that's the bottom line. So as in like the patient would come in, say I have a cough, this this this, and doctors like. Here's your medicine. Get Take up. this <laughs> exactly. That's how it used to be. It's okay. more of a uh, a, a paternalistic way. I think if that's like mm-hmm. like the word for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've moved we've moved away from that. Yeah. Uh, like with family medicine. Um, currently in family medicine in like polyclinic, mm-hmm. we do have general we do have general uh, practitioners. Mm-hmm. So those are they're mostly um, like expats or like non Kuwaitis that um, that have come here and they're working uh, um, just as a just as a general practitioner so without a specialty without a specialty okay so so, so like that's their job so uh, sorry sorry to interrupt okay. you but uh, to, to, to underline because we do have some UK viewers yes. here and I, I me going to the UK uh, I want to know when you mean general practitioner mm. because in the UK general practitioners would be family medicine equivalent for the US. Yeah. So general practitioner, what, what do you mean? You mean general practitioner in Kuwait is defined as somebody who's working the polyclinics without a specialty? Yes. Okay. Um, so basically everyone that, uh, that uh, graduated from like medical school yep. would go into their um, like intern year. Yep. And then after that, they become an assistant mm-hmm. and they are qualified to work as a GP. So, right. so then you can work as a GP for the rest of your life. Sure, sure. Um, there, there are some changes recently to mm-hmm. that, like, like to that title. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I think, we recently have a program that general practitioners, mm-hmm. Kuwaitis and non-Kuwaitis, mm-hmm. that can go into mm-hmm. that is equivalent to a uh, diploma, so they can get 
like uh, uh, promoted. Okay. So that's has just been recently like introduced over I think the past uh, few years. So okay. that's something completely new, and that is something that has changed. So for those who, uh, for like the non-Kuwaitis who cannot apply for like residency programs, mm-hmm. they can go into this program. We do have in the Kuwaiti Board of Family Medicine, we do have some seats as well right. for like non-Kuwaitis. Right. So um, there is a movement now to be um, like more holistic in terms of your training mm-hmm. to get, uh, to uh, to like better yourself okay. and improve yourself uh, professionally, mm-hmm. whether that's through this program, which is I think th- uh, three years, okay. or through the complete five years program, which is the Kuwaiti Board of Family Medicine. So just to get back to the point where mm-hmm. like is the GP or the general practitioner, mm-hmm. they only work in the polyclinic and that's it. Um, yes, mm-hmm. in the UK it's um, interchangeable. Mm-hmm. So family medicine is kind of the same as a general uh, practitioner. But in Kuwait, uh, we do have a lot of doctors who are now family medicine uh, um, that are board certified. Mm -hmm. So we've gone through the training um, of like five years, Mm -hmm. and then we've gone through the exam that is accredited by the the RCGP, which is the College of General Practitioners. Uh, practitioners Mm -hmm. and then after that you are board certified so you have tools that you've learned that you've gained throughout the five years of training and then now you can apply these tools and your knowledge and skill uh, to treat patients in a in a very like in a very uh, like holistic way Um, which I think this is also in line with the rest of the developed world Yes. In terms of how we practice primary care, exactly. you know, primary care everywhere else in the world is considered a specialty on its own. Yes. Not a lack of specialty. Exactly. Yeah. It is a specialty um, like on its own. It's yeah. it's a perfect like it's a perfect blend. Mm-hmm. Like pardon the pun, maybe like uh, <laughs> like a blend. Uh, it's a, like it's a perfect blend of um, being knowledgeable in like a vast variety yeah. of specialties. Mm-hmm. We are the psychiatrists, we are the, the dermatologists, the pediatricians, yep. uh, we are the internists, we are the surgeons You guys as well. just gotta take everything, don't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like there's a phrase that says, uh, jack, of, jack of all trade, master yeah, of none. Yeah, 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 yeah. In family medicine, it's actually jack of all trade, master of quite a lot of things, actually. <laughs> so yeah. uh, we are required to delve into all of the specialties mm-hmm. to gain the the knowledge that that is I'm like uh, that is required to treat our patients mm-hmm. in an effective way yeah. and like in a comprehensive and uh, compassionate way as well. Well, I you know for me I I, I want to come back to the, this whole thing of um, in Kuwait we have still uh, people who are un, uh, not specialized working in you know the polyclinics. Yes. So is the ultimate aim in the current, you know, how we practice family medicine, Kuwait, the changes, mm-hmm. is the ultimate aim to phase out people working in polyclinics without specialties, or rather they work uh, with family medicine practitioners? Um, I think the aim would be for those people, mm-hmm. like to gain the tools that we are, um, that we learn and that, and that we obtain 
Yeah. I'm like through the the Kuwaiti board of family medicine. So. But do you think you can achieve that without going through the board itself? Uh, um, like I um, like um, just like I told you before, mm-hmm. there's like this like new program that is mm-hmm. um, for the general practitioners, which yeah. is like uh, I think two to, two to three years, and it is optional, um, like of course. But yep. I think going into it, you are equipping yourself with the knowledge and the tools that will help you treat your patients mm-hmm. uh, in a much better way and like in a more comprehensive way. But like in forty years down the line, do you think maybe? Eventually, it's not going to be even, uh, an, uh, you know, we're not going to have people going through these programs because they're just going to be going through the board. That's the hope. Of it. I'm like, okay. honestly, mm-hmm. I, I'm like to be honest with you, the Kuwaiti Board of Family Medicine, I think the the <clears throat> amount of people that we've accepted this year mm-hmm. for the academic year of 2023, 2024, mm-hmm. we've accepted or the board have accepted. I'm not affiliated with the board like mm-hmm. in terms of staff, but they've accepted 110 people, Okay, 110. Uh, so I think that's, that's the highest lot. number yeah. of all the subspecialties in Kuwait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, th- th- like, there is this uh, direction mm-hmm. of equipping the doctors mm-hmm. to be family physicians and to mm-hmm. providing care. Because I think now the direction is not only to uh, focus on patients. We are, as family physicians, we want to focus on the society. I want to manage the society itself. I don't want to like just manage one patient or like one patient um, like at a time I want to target the society and uh, spread awareness mm-hmm. and like health promotion so I, I really love that you know um, my experience with family medicine in the UK I remember my, my the GP that I was with the general practitioner mm-hmm. uh, well one of the partners at the practice they they gave us a whole talk and they showed us they said see here this is how they collected data of the regions yeah and they were talking about how they analyze disease trends blah blah and this feeds back into you know the the nhs and how Mm. you know so they can monitor areas and they can be able to uh, filter out you know get they're studying their population so what they were doing was really not just they were not working just at the patient by patient who walks in the door the population level Yes. I thought yes. that was cool. Yes. And I think, unlike for us, like as family physicians, mm-hmm. we're doing more um, We're doing more than just seeing patients. Mm-hmm. So the GP or the, general, the regular general uh, practitioner, mm-hmm. he would see patients, finish, and go home. Yep. For family physicians, like for us, we do uh, uh, clinical audits. We really? Do, yeah. We okay. do uh, uh, quality improvement projects. Okay. We do um, like open days in like malls and like schools and stuff like that. That's amazing. Yeah, and like as residents, we've participated in in like open days for like um, there was currently the Rosacea Awareness Day in mm-hmm. Asad Al Hamid, mm-hmm. and there was a few residents uh, like there who did that. Mm. Um, some doctors did the Diabetes World Day mm. a few uh, f- like a few months back. Mm. We did a uh, a no hand CPR campaign, which mm-hmm. was done in the avenues, mm-hmm. and that was um, like in collaboration with um, with the with the Kuwait Medical Association and mm-hmm. like um, and the, uh, and like the uh, the the Kuwaiti board as well. So um, we are out there, and we are not um, we're not merely in the office sitting down and just yeah, sipping yeah, on yeah. coffee and like teaching patients and maybe like like giving sick leaves and stuff like that. We are <laughs> we are out there and like we're trying to um, to change the perspective as well and uh, and and change 
the perception like of health mm. and I think we're we want to move more towards uh, towards uh, preventive medicine rather than just there's an acute issue fix it and, and then see you later no we want yeah. to prevent people from actually developing conditions I think you know our issue a big big issue in Kuwait and I think few people would disagree with me on this uh, health literacy in Kuwait is poor. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the understanding of health and health care, I think, is w- it's something we struggle with. Yeah. And we feel it in the in the wards. And I think that's so critical what you guys would do, you know, educating the public about certain things like, honest to God, and please, this is my feedback, please, yeah. please spread awareness about contrast and CTs. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, like, I think I remember, like, you speaking about that, like, in a previous podcast. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It's it's because it's people, you know, it, if it comes down to if a patient has more of an understanding of what's about to happen in the hospital rather mm. than because if you think about it in the hospital, we have like 10, what, 10, 15 minutes with the patient. Yes. How are we going to educate them about a whole thing that we've been studying for years? I, yeah. to some extent, I don't blame patients for not trusting us. Yeah, I can see like um, I can see like your point of view. Like I've worked in in Masjid um, Mubarak for two years. I mm. was an assistant there, mm. as uh, and and uh, um, like I was in internal medicine. So for oh two God, years really? I was assistant there. Yeah. Okay. That's, uh, so <laughs> that's, I've that's seen that. <laughs> I've seen that side. Like I've been on the other side, and mm. I've seen patients where, um, like I've faced, and uh, like, like the health, um, l- like the, the lack of knowledge, yeah. um, the struggles that that the doctors might have explaining stuff to patients, mm. and the limited time that you have, especially like if you're like on call or mm-hmm. like post call, let's say, and you've been like all nights, and mm. there isn't really like a time to explain fully. Yeah. Um, and like what's happening and and I think that's that's the responsibility of the mm. family physician. Yeah. We are after all the first point of contact. Mm. Anyone can come to my clinic at any time just free of charge. Like if you're creative, of course, free of charge at any time no one would say no to you. If you want to come to me and speak to me about like about anything, you're free to come. Mm. Yeah. So that's that's my job as a family physician. Mm. I have the the responsibility to mm. answer your questions to address the concerns that you have. Yeah, someone doesn't even need to be sick to talk to you, Exactly, to be fair. exactly. Yeah. And that's what I say to patients. Like, for example, if you're like under stress, mm-hmm. you have the right to come and speak to me <laughs> because we like, I'm currently in the process of like, of learning how to deal with like mm-hmm. mental health, uh, 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 like with like mental health, uh, stress. I've noticed that's a change recently. Yes. Uh, it, it, didn't they recently pass a law now that you can get basic, um, for less acute psychiatric conditions, you can be able to get some uh, treatment in the, the public. Actually, there is currently 48 primary mental health clinics. Wow. 48. Wow. And this that's, is great. And that's mostly run by the graduates of the board mm. and the residents of the board as well. Mm. So we're talking R4, like R5. They are also running these clinics. Right. Uh, so um, things are going um, in the right direction, mm. albeit it's a bit slower than than we want it to be uh, but um, you're moving yeah exactly yeah. exactly and we're changing the mentality of um or the taboo of like mental health and like mental illness uh, that's so yeah, yeah. I, I you know of course i'm biased because i, I love psychiatry yeah. and i love psychology that is so essential yeah for and sure. you know can i tell you one thing that i love about family medicine mm. in kuwait 
Uh, accessibility. Yeah. One thing in the UK that I struggled with and I, I loathed was struggling to get an appointment with a GP. Mm-hmm. It, because it's not fair that if I have to uh, have a cold, okay, I know, okay, I understand that cold is just sit at home, rest, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But you know what? People get scared. Exactly. I, I remember after COVID, I, I was feeling breathless and I was like, why am I feeling breathless? Mm-hmm. I, is there something I can do? In Kuwait, I was able to go, same day, see a, a, a family, uh, family medicine physician gave me uh, some inhalers, I felt much better. There wasn't the, okay, wait two weeks, and then when I show up, yeah. be in line. That's something that is so genuinely beautiful, and it's something I, I do appreciate about yeah. healthcare in Kuwait. Um, like, I think the accessibility, um, like in terms of everyone can come in, mm. uh, like it's something that we're, we're, like we're proud of, and mm. it's something that's, um, and that's like, uh, like I think it gives people, um, it empowers people, like, it does. Um, if you want to talk about something, if you're worried about something, mm-hmm. you have the power to come to us and and then like we can speak to you. Mm-hmm. There are some doctors, uh, I'm like family physicians, who would who would prefer the appointment based <laughs> because there were like, at some point we'd see like 100 patients a day. Yeah. Uh, especially like during um, like school time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there are some drawbacks to it. Of course. But at, like at its core, when you're talking about the accessibility, mm-hmm. the idea that if I need to speak to someone, I can, mm-hmm. that's so beautiful for me. Yeah, yeah. no, it's yeah. The, especially what you mentioned about mental health. Exactly. Uh, because nothing is a barrier more so than if someone is asking for mental health mm-hmm. um, uh, aid or help, they're seeking help, to hear two weeks, three yeah. weeks. I, I've spoken to people. That's I, demoralizing. It, exactly. Yeah. They literally, I'm going to go out and even like, this is going to sound extreme, but I really do mean it. When you are when you see, a, for example, uh, a, a patient who's having suicidal thoughts, maybe mm. they're not actively suicidal, you know? Yes. But for them to be like, right, in two weeks, mm. just put your mind in the patient. They might not, they don't ha- they might not have two weeks. They need to be risk assessed every like few weeks, exactly. uh, like every week. From um, like um, like for example, and I think um, like that's the responsibility of us. Like even when patient come to us and they don't speak, mm-hmm. sometimes um, like it's sometimes like you get busy in the clinic and you just want uh, like you want to finish the line and everything. Absolutely. But there are certain points where the patient might not, might might not say anything, mm-hmm. but. You would notice their body language, mm. their their um, li- their like eye contacts. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you'd like some patient would come in and they like they would ask for like a sick leave, um, and then they, let's say like I've been stressed out and everything. Or sometimes they don't even say that, they, like they just want to um, like they just want to uh, um, like to have a sick leave. Mm-hmm. But then if you just take a moment to ask, are you okay? Yeah. Is everything okay? Is everything okay? Like with your life? Yeah. I've seen a patient who said, I'm okay with a smile, mm-hmm. and then two seconds later just completely bowled out. Wow. Just by asking, are you okay? And that's, and that's heartbreaking to me. What, what a sentence, you know? Just, yeah. are you okay? And yeah. just the response you get from, are you okay? Yeah, so I think it's important for us. Um, so it's difficult because we need to do that for every patient. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I even get the hint that the patient is a bit uh, stressed out mm-hmm. or a bit like depressed I need to go through my screening yeah I need to see, like I need to know if this patient is okay or if 
if, like if this person is okay, like for us, the people that come in, they're not patients, they're people. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, okay, they might have some physical um, like ailments. Yeah. Maybe they have some stress. Maybe yeah. like there's some mental issues as well. Yeah. So we treat patients there from, like as a holistic point of view. That's yeah. uh, so to, to kind of synthesize what I've gathered from you mm-hmm. about me- family medicine before in Kuwait versus now. Yeah. Um, so what I understand is that in Kuwait the shift has become number one. Mm-hmm. Family medicine is now a specialty, not a lack thereof. Of, exactly. You know, specialty. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one is it's a specialty. Number two, it is about public education, mm-hmm. changing the minds uh, of uh, the public, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and uh, number three, it is about developing primary care within Kuwait, not just as, you know, not just to handle low-level things, yes. but to truly treat on a primary level. Yes, and I can add, um, like, actually, one th- um, like mm-hmm. one thing as well. Mm-hmm. We've shifted from a paternistic, like point of view, mm-hmm. uh, or like way of treating patients, yep. to a patient-centered approach. Mm, so, right. okay. so what does patient-centered mean? Mm-hmm. It basically means we are um, we are giving the power to the patients. Mm-hmm. We are in a relationship with the patients. Mm-hmm. We we like we establish a rapport mm-hmm. where the patient is involved in their treatment. Mm-hmm. So it's not me making this, the, the decision for the patients, it's them. Right. Um, actually, there's, there's this uh, beautiful quote by Carl Jung. We were speaking about him like yes, before. Yes, we were. I think he was saying, um, I think the line goes as, um, I am not what happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, think it's, I think he says, I am, um, I am what I do, or is it, like, it goes like along that line. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. We're going to find out. Yeah, we have to find out. Hold on. We're going to find out. Yeah, we have to find out. Listen, for Um, anyone listening, Carl Jung is a huge inspiration for me. uh, He's a Swiss uh, uh, psychologist. And um, I think his way of thinking, he has developed, like, the way of thinking. um, I am not what happened to me. I am what I choose to become. What I choose to become. That's the one. I love it. That's the one. So it's basically, it's not me giving the patient... Um, the medication and mm-hmm. I've asked the patient to take it mm-hmm. it's me explaining to the patient what what the condition is mm-hmm. what are the, what are the risk of not taking the medications mm-hmm. what are the benefits of taking the medications and then giving that power to them mm-hmm. you choose now if you want to uh, take take uh, I'm like take uh, take the medications or not yeah so it's very empowering to the patient mm-hmm. you're involving them in the treatment, mm-hmm. so they feel a sense of uh, responsibility. Right. So that's why um, this sh- this massive shift, I think, from being a paternal a paternalistic uh, like point of view, like like a father to the son, yeah. or like a father to a, um, like to a, like a daughter, to a more of a we're sharing together the decision and let's talk. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. yeah. So so I think like that like that's just so beautiful. That's the, I love it. That like that's a patient is involved in their treatment and then give them I really a lot love of power. It because, yeah. and especially, you know, I love that you guys are bringing in mental health mm-hmm. into this because COVID draw, uh, the, the mental health rates are skyrocketing. Yeah, skyrocketing. I sure. recently did my elective in psychiatry. The, the clinics are full. Mm-hmm. Mental health is a thing. Mm-hmm. It's an issue. It is more able, you know, exactly. to go and get treatment. Yeah. It happens to everyone. And I think 
the more we represent people and openly share our stories with mental health, our struggles, our issues, the better it's going to be. Yeah. You know? And I think, um, like, I think like us as doctors, mm -hmm. we, we have a lot of stress uh, like that, that we go through. And yeah. I think we are like on the front when it comes to uh, um, like being, being at risk of like developing like like mental health issue mm -hmm. so like anxiety depression the evidence is all there yeah we're it's at all high there. risk we're not low risk we're high yeah. risk and i think when when we talk about it when we when we acknowledge that we are facing it yeah. and it's not taboo and we go out there and we tell the world we go through that yeah we are people just like you and it's not <laughs> and it's and it's okay and it's yeah. okay to like I think it's okay to say that like I have anxiety and mm -hmm. I'm like seeking help. Yeah. The fact that you're seeking help, um, it just means and it exemplifies the power that you have. Yes. And the willingness to get better that you have. Can I my my thing that I've always told, for example, if I have a friend coming to me and asking me, should I go seek help? Mm -hmm. For example, like I want to just see a therapist. For example, what I always tell them is. Because some people would say, why don't you just go talk to your friends? Why don't you just go vent it out with your mom? Mm -hmm. The difference is, whenever Ryan Reynolds or a big m celebrity goes for a movie, they don't just hit the gym alone. Yeah. They have a dietitian, they have a, physio a, physio exactly. a, a trainer, even masseuse, everything. Just professionals yeah. who know how to maximize in delivering what their goal is going to be. Yeah. The same applies to a, a therapist. A therapist is a professional on guiding conversations to be able to, you know, uh, treat mental health issues. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's okay, like, I think it's okay to have that social network. Yeah. And that, like, social support around you. You need it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you need it, but your friends might not have the tools or they might not be equipped, yeah. like, to deal with whatever that is. Um, like going with you of course so seeking help and seeking a professional mm. I think it's um, I think it's someone I think it's something that everyone should do yeah because we're all going through stress we all Absolutely. go through like mental um, like issues yeah well we were talking about um, uh, you know mental health uh, in terms of like our stressors before mm -hmm. the podcast you were mentioning about uh, your stutter do you mind if you can uh, yeah of course, talk about of course. That? Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure so um, I think like my stutter um, I think it came in from fourth grade, mm. um, I had uh, I had so many issues like with bullying. And I think maybe um, that brought it to the surface. Yeah. I think there is some th like some genetic element to it, or some like s some genetical component to it. Mm -hmm. uh, I think my my uncle has it, my aunt has it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there so there is some component to it, uh, and I think the bullying maybe like kind of kind of like brought uh, brought it uh, like to the surface. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Living through it, and um, it was it was stressful. Like as mm. as a, I think I was ten at the time, yeah. and just trying not to blame myself for having it, mm. and trying to survive school mm. where you're expected to like participate uh, and speak perfectly, read, answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was a bit stressful. Of course. Um, and there will be times when like I'm asked to stand up and like read a sentence, mm -hmm. and then. You're just stuck at the first, at the first letter. Mm -hmm. uh, what sucks actually is when people ask me, um, like, "What's your name?" Mm -hmm. And for me, like, the letter A is the most difficult one. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's it's, interesting. It's difficult. It's difficult. Okay. So, um, 
so sometimes I'll like I would say Doctor Ahmed, <laughs> which is easier. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think th- you should um, you should embrace who you are. Yeah. In terms of the stutter, the stutter um, is not is not an obstacle. Yeah. Um, it is part of who you are. Yeah. It is. Um, it is something that you can work on. Right. And that is something that I, that I have worked on. Right. Um, so I used to be very bad. Uh, so like I would get stuck in the in the first word. I would maybe like repeat it like a few times. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'd have like a jerking. Like my leg would jerk. Right. Until I say that word. Right. So it was embarrassing, and it was um, it takes it takes a toll on you as a ten year old. So I can imagine. Yeah, I can really imagine. Yeah. So, um, but thankfully, like I had, I had fantastic parents. Mm. Uh, they acknowledged the fact that that I was going through some stress, yeah. that it was affecting me, mm-hmm. uh, and thankfully, like like we sought help, um, and, and I think like help works. I like to be honest, but it takes, and I think it goes back to being a family physician with the patient. Mm. Um, uh, when I sought help, it w- they gave me the tools, mm-hmm. and it was down to me now to go back home and actually work. So, so just like Karin said, I am what I choose to become. Yeah, I chose to become someone who um, who didn't let their stutter stand yeah. in the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone to medical school. Uh, it got much better, in, um, like in med school. Really, it, it got much better, and oh, I think okay. I think it's like it happened because. I was out there a lot, and I was speaking with people. Right. And uh, you're thrown into the deep end, really. Yes, basically. Yeah, okay. okay. Uh, but thankfully, I was equipped with uh, s- like some tools that can help me. Yeah. Um, like navigate through like any issues that I had. I still have it. I still mm-hmm. have that. I'm like the stutter, and I'm, uh, and it's much better. Mm-hmm. But I've learned how to deal with it, mm-hmm. and um, I've learned how to not make it. Um, affects me personally, like it, it right. doesn't uh, demoralize me. That's amazing. Yeah, um, and but I get why it's it's like it is demoralizing to people because you want to be out there and speaking, yeah. and sometimes you want to mm-hmm. say something, but you're afraid to say it because, like, you might, um, like, embarrass yourself. So, so yeah. Well, I I all I hope is that there's one person listening, mm. and maybe they're a medical student, high schooler, um, anybody. Yeah. I hope somebody's listening to see that you ha- uh, you had a stutter, mm. you faced adversity because of the stutter, yeah. you went to med school, and now you're not only a doctor, you're a doctor in a role of you you are engaging with the community. Yeah. You are communicating. You're on a podcast talking. Yeah. That's amazing. I applaud you for Thank it. Thank you so much. And I, you, I hope I hope somebody's watching to be as inspired as I am. You know? Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, we, it takes a lot. I'm like, I like to be honest with you, and it's um, um, like it's down to hard work. It's mm-hmm. um, it is. I think I think like the Beatles said it. Like uh, it's a long and winding road. You know, <laughs> like it takes time to get to that point. Uh, but um, uh, it's something that you can work on. If I'm if I could do it, yeah. you can do it for sure. Trust me. Yeah. Like uh, with the like with the proper help with um, like hard work and. Yeah. Uh, with the intention that you have, I'm like you can do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For I, sure. I, and I hope. Th- see, the the we were mentioning this the po- this podcast. It, I really want it to be a platform for people mm. to get inspired by people like yourself to see that you know we come in all shapes and sizes and mm-hmm. we all have our struggles. We all have our differences. Yeah. 
that's I, I that's my that's really my goal with this podcast yeah. and I'm happy um, I'm happy to have people like you on to inspire us you yeah. know for me my uh, we were mentioning this again before yeah. the show my I think my one of my the I don't want to call it an insecurity because it wasn't insecurity as much as something that really did you know it was it always been in my mind I'm uh, I'm uh, half my my mom is uh, Cuban American, mm. um, and so I came from a you know a multicultural home, and working in the hospitals in Kuwait, I became more uh, exposed to uh, less exposed to people that were also uh, multicultural in the sense of like having uh, uh, Western um, parent like mm. mixed. Yeah, uh, we call ourselves lovingly half bloods or <laughs> mixed breeds. <Yeah. laughs> uh, That's fancy. That's fancy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was something that always was a, a thing for me because also like in, in speaking in Arabic, I I speak Arabic just fine. Yeah. I speak Arabic with my dad. But uh, if I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a good badliat. You all do, by the way. Trust me, we all do. I, I, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, we all do. And uh, that was yeah. a source of uh, kind of worry for me. And I, you know. I can relate to you when you want to say something and mm. it doesn't come out because what ha- what started happening to me is because uh, so of course I grew up in Kuwait I spoke Arabic my whole life here yeah. but then I go live abroad and I'm abroad for six years when I came back there was moments genuinely mm-hmm. where people would speak to me and I would try to respond in Arabic uh, yeah. the words are in my head they don't come out can can I explain to you why no wow yeah, I still wow. don't know why I would go you know I with my colleagues I'd just go. Yeah, I'd be stuck. Yeah, mm. and it's—I it, know it it's embarrassing. It sucks. It sucks. Yeah. I really do relate to you yeah. on that. It's embarrassing. Yeah. Not um, to be able to communicate. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think maybe like, like that's a, like that's something that's uh, that's a bit heartbreaking to be honest with you. Like in terms of sometimes you would you have so much you have so much to say. Yeah. But you just you're not sure that you want to pay the price of being embarrassed yes to say that yes you know yes uh, yes oh you said it so well i've had that yeah mm, the amount of times i cannot tell you the amount of times that this has held me back over the past few months yeah really yeah and um i think at the end of the day like you want um to actually just speak your truth like i know it's something that's said like in yeah. the pop culture now but it's yeah, yeah. it's like it's something that i can really relate uh, and that I can really like relate to. Mm. It's if you have something to say, just say it. Yep. I know the price might be a bit difficult, mm-hmm. but that moment it will be going. Yep. And then what will be stuck is what you what you said. I agree. The value that you brought, mm-hmm. um, 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 like to the world, mm-hmm. that will stay. Mm-hmm. But that moment of embarrassment, people will forget about it. Absolutely. No one will actually pay attention to it. Yep. Sometimes we have like this uh, spotlight mm-hmm. uh, syndrome where we think we are the center of attention. <laughs> actually, we're not. Yeah, people, people don't, don't pay care. attention no, to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They have their own things going on. <laughs> I, like I think that's kind of what also helped me to, you know, yeah. just like put, uh, like put myself out there. And like, you know, I think like my struggle, your struggle, I think we all have we're like I think like our life uh, it's not perfect yeah we all we all have that something like in our life yeah that's we consider the big issue so like for me it's like like my stutter yeah so we are all equal in terms of we're going through this life and yeah. we're struggling through it yeah. you know yeah I and you know 
that thing of throwing yourself out there, I think that really is truly the key. Yeah. That I think that's the solution. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. I think I my my biggest thing is now uh, I just I just go for it. Yeah. I just, like you know what life happens. Yeah. And coffee helps. Coffee helps. So. <laughs> now on yeah. the same line of uh, talking about uh, stigma. Yes. Um, again, oh, I warned you guys. We're gonna get into kind of the controversial uh, side of uh, family medicine. Mm. Let's let's be honest. There is um, chatter, and you know, the, there is this aura about mm-hmm. family medicine. And when I asked trainee uh, fellow trainees of mine uh, before I, we had this interview, I asked yeah. them, "What would you want to ask about family medicine?" You know, in Kuwait, mm. and they told me, "Well, I want to know." Um, Everybody who wants to go into family medicine, my, my friends, it's essentially because they want to take the easy life. <laughs> they don't want to, they just want to, let's call it, they want to do diet medicine, you know? Okay. <laughs> do I agree with it? Absolutely not. Yeah. But this is a common uh, talking point. Yeah. And I, I think that actually having that being, you know, that being in the, what is it, the zeitgeist? Is, is that what the, the term is? That going around is uh would be hurtful to the good that you guys are doing yeah so what do you think of that stigma um to be honest i think that statement um has a lot of flaws in it okay because sometimes you would say what do you mean like by the the easy way out mm-hmm. what does easy mean yeah so um i think family, family medicine is just like any other specialty it has its own challenges mm-hmm. um so to say that it's easier, mm-hmm. it's a bit vague. What do you mean by? Uh, so I get the point where like some people, some people like would say, okay, like you guys have one on call per week, right? Which is true. We have it like during the weekend, so mm-hmm. it's either Friday or like Saturday. So yes, we have a better like lifestyle in terms of we get to sleep every day at our <laughs> house. I get that point, but like I, that doesn't really Can we just say how that how bizarre it is that it's like you just get to sleep in your house every exactly. day and that makes it easy. <laughs> oh, you get to sleep in your bed. <laughs> but but people don't get to see the work that you do during the week. Yeah. So you would work from 7 to 2, same like close to 7 hours mm-hmm. with the same intensity the way that you deal with the, with the first patient mm-hmm. has to be has to be the, the same way you deal with the last patient. Right. You cannot drop um, the quality of how you see patients. So, mm-hmm. for, so, like for example, the first patient, hey, welcome, um, like how are you doing today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like with a smile and like with the like with the energy, and you go through like Socrates, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you do like the ice, the ideas, concerns, yeah, and yeah. expectation. And you do screening for them, and like if you're suspe- if they're like, um, if they're like 35 and like a bit like overweight. Okay, let's check your sugar. Sure. Okay, but that's all. Well, that's all well and good. Can you do that by 10 o'clock? Mm-hmm. Can you do that by with 10 minutes to go? Right. Are you are you willing to go there? And I think, and you cannot like drop. You cannot miss because sometimes um, you have to be very like very alert mm-hmm. because when you're in family medicine every patient that comes in you have to assume the worst you have to assume that there is something major going on because you're the first and maybe the last point of contact true so someone will, someone like would come in or oh, doctor i think i have a headache mm-hmm. if you're just going to give it like panadol and that's it <laughs> you're missing so many major conditions that causes headache mm-hmm. 
and you have to be alert. You cannot say that. Yeah. You cannot. You cannot do that just because it's, there's five minutes to go now. Yeah. Let me just finish my shift. No, you yeah. have to go through. Um, I think it's like, it's like a pilot with the, like an airplane. Yeah. They have to do the checklist. Yeah. Make sure everything is Tighted. like is well. Ticked off. Yeah, yeah. Then you would uh, like call me say, okay, I think what you have is this. Um, I suggest, mm-hmm. always you suggest, you never force on the patient what to do. Mm-hmm. You suggest to patients and then you allow them to put their input now. Yeah. Um, so you have to be alert because sometimes there will be patients who come in, doctor, like I have, um, like I have a headache, mm-hmm. nothing else going on, I'm mm-hmm. completely fine. You check their blood pressure, blood pressure is 20 over 110. Right. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane. That's that's an, a hypertensive emergency. They have to be shifted. Yeah. So. Uh, when you when people say family medicine is easy, it's mm-hmm. not. You have to be alert all the time. Mm-hmm. You have to be. Uh, you have to individualize your approach to patients. Mm-hmm. So, so for example, when you're speaking, maybe like with uh, with someone who can speak Arabic, mm-hmm. and then someone who cannot. Yep. You have to um, uh, dance around. Change. Them. Yeah. Change your approach. Maybe you're dealing with a child. Yeah. Your approach is completely different when it comes to an elderly. Yeah. Uh, when you're speaking like with, uh, like, like, I think maybe like with ladies and yep. the, like issues of like gynae. Yep. It's completely different mm-hmm. and there has to be like some privacy. You have some mm-hmm. sh- like some chaperone. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that go into it. We cover a vast um, like areas of medicine. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, we have to be uh, very holistic in your approach. Yep. So they're not, um, they're not patients with this. They are people. And then you have to go into their physical like mm-hmm. ailments, then maybe touch on like like their like mental health, right? Um, like and so on. I'm like even in their social life as well. Yeah. Like I'm like you have to ask about that. So, just to circle back to the point where family medicine is easy. Family medicine is not easy. Mm-hmm. It comes with its own challenges. Yeah. And like on top of that, you have to have communication skills. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're someone who doesn't have that, you're gonna struggle. Mm. And it's and I, like I don't think people they're born with it. You have to learn how to develop it. You have to Absolutely. develop it over time. Absolutely. So that's on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there won't be anyone with you when you're like in the polyclinic. Yeah. You, your treatments mm-hmm. is what the patient would take mm-hmm. as the truth, and then they would go home, and maybe they'll not seek anyone else. Yeah. So. Are you comfortable with what you just did? Yeah. You have to be on top of your game. You have to go back home and read. Uh, so, like for example, every day, like I would go and read about the cases that I've seen today. Yeah. So that when the next patient comes, I'll do that one percent extra. That's better, maybe. And yeah. you know, one thing that I, I think, if all these changes in family medicine, essentially the aim is going to be lightening the burden on the hospitals. Exactly. So I think with more time, it's going to be more and more less of the work-life balance. Yeah. I really do think so in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 look, I think like if you're someone who is very passionate about uh, people, mm-hmm. if you're passionate about improving their health, mm-hmm. improving their general health, yep. if you want to develop that relationship with patients, that mm-hmm. long-term sustainable um, like relationship with patients, if you're someone who, who wants to improve themselves, mm-hmm. okay, so there's another quote by Carl Jung as well. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I think he says when there is when there is a meeting between two personalities, it's like two subs two substances uh, two substances or two 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 chemical substan- uh, substances come into contact. Right. If there is a reaction, 
then they are transformed. Right. So when you relate that to that, like to family medicine, from my perspective, mm-hmm. um, I learned so much from patients in terms of their their uh, their like resilience, the way they deal with like for people, for example, with uh, chronic disease. Yeah. The way they deal with their with, with their condition. Yeah. It is inspiring to me. Absolutely. Uh, and the, their outlook mm-hmm. on life as well. Mm-hmm. It is something that when I when I leave the clinic, I've learned something that day. There was a reaction, mm-hmm. and I was transformed, yeah. just like Carl Jung said. You know. Yeah. So um, it is something. That, so like, if you're passionate about people, if, you, if you're um, if you're willing to be open-minded and and learning from patients as well, yeah. and um, and if you love communicating with people, I think family medicine is a perfect fit for you. Do you think that the stigma of family medicine is easy? Let me just go take the go for it. Family medicine. Do you mm. think this hurts the practice? Do you think this hurts the goals? Uh, to be honest with you, I think I think that thought is getting um, that thought is getting uh, quieter. Really, I, I'm not hearing it as much now. That's amazing. Yeah, that's good. Uh, like, and the proof of that, I think, is. Um, that there's a lot of doctors coming into family, I'm like family medicine, and they are getting into the f- like the board of family medicine. Mm-hmm. So we, there's 110 um, like medical doctors have been accepted now. Yeah. Um, there is this um, like awareness in society about the importance of family medicine and like the role we play. Yeah. In terms of uh, uh, the preventive care. Yeah. Uh, I. I really love preventive care. It's something that's sh- shifted me towards family medicine mm-hmm. uh, from being in internal medicine. Because mm-hmm. when I was there, um, I have the, the utmost respect for the internists, yeah. and I mm-hmm. and I, I appreciate what they do, the amount of work that they go through, and the, <laughs> the, uh, it's 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 like insane. But for me, like for me, it it wasn't satisfying. What it, like what like what I was doing because mm-hmm. I think Dr. Bassam also said that before mm-hmm. that it's mostly geriatric cases and like yeah, it's yeah, like um, it's uh, like a recurrent theme of like UTI pneumonia like strokes and stuff like that. Yeah, it was after the fact rather than before the fact. Yeah. yeah so it's when people come to you and like they have a stroke and they they already have like the residual weakness and their quality of life have dropped. Yeah. And now you just you're just basically. Uh, stabilizing their their trying condition. to bring them from lower than baseline back to baseline back rather to than baseline up. exactly yeah so I wanted more than that I wanted to be the reason why a person even just one person mm-hmm. they didn't develop diabetes hypertension they didn't go into ischemic heart they didn't go into for example like stroke yeah and you've basically added five to ten years of their life yeah. and not just five to ten years five to, five to ten years of quality life yes of yes. moving around like having fun with their kids or mm-hmm. like their grand um, and like their uh, their like uh, grandkids mm-hmm. just to do that for for one person yeah I I keep re- like reminding myself that every time I, like I feel down yeah. and, and trust me like you'd have you have days where like you feel a bit oh, uh, like stressed out yeah of course um, so just reminding yourself of the fact that you might be the reason why someone li- w- would live longer mm. and like live happier yeah. uh, and live healthier, not just longer. 
and like live healthier. That's don't, don't make me start doubting my career choice of <laughs> wanting to go to psychiatry. Well, I mean, <laughs> like my goal is maybe to get to one person to find medicine. Hopefully, That's the goal. <laughs> hopefully, really, people listening, I hope that someone's listening and is on the fence and mm. you're tipping them towards... Yeah. yeah. Um, if there's something that, like, like I would say about fan medicine, it's that it's comp- it is very fulfilling, and mm-hmm. uh, um, the fact that you have lo- like these relationships, like with patients, you'd see the patients, then you'd see maybe like their kid, yeah, and like maybe their brother, and then you would establish like this rapport. Where it's more intimate, definitely. It's it's so intimate, and they would trust you. Yeah, they would trust you. Like they would look for you. Like I want to go see, like see, uh, see that doctor. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. what they say is uh, very beneficial, and uh, like I'm gonna stick like to my um, to my like management. Mm. So if you can be that person to to one person mm-hmm. or like to a family, yeah, you would feel that fulfillment straight away. Now, what do you think? Because this is. You know, you're you're selling me on family <laughs> medicine. Here. What do you see? What's the future? What's the future hold yes. for family medicine in Kuwait? I think the future. And the board. Yeah, um, I think the future is very um, like exciting with with the fact that um, we're we're getting more doctors who are family, uh, like who are family physician who are like uh, board certified, mm-hmm. meaning they are equipped with so many tools to deal with so many aspects of the, the patient's health mm-hmm. and not just patient's health uh, not just the patient's the patient's health but also with the with the population we want to target the society as well mm-hmm. so we're moving more like more towards that um, we are integrating mental health in, in like our clinic and it's more open as i mentioned before we have 48 centers that are run by like board certified doctors wow. um, we're we're also doing um, like home visits mm-hmm. as well. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we're doing yeah, home yeah, visits yeah. as well. So, and it's something that we're doing, like we've started doing, I think, a few years back, but it's something that's hopefully, and that's the future where um, it will be um, like more spread out, especially for, for, for patients who are like uh, bedridden. So, and the services that we provide in terms of uh, like nurses, uh, um, physiotherapists, um, like medical, like medication re, uh, reconciliation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of services I think that we're that we're incorporating. Mm-hmm. It's not we're not moving towards home visits. Uh, like that's it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Uh, just incorporating that and serving mm-hmm. a wider like area of people. Yeah. Um, there's also um, like the integration maybe like of like telemedicine. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. So. That's something that's maybe not done um, like, uh, like currently, but it's like hopefully it's something that I really want to see. You know, it's really yeah, I, I I'm a huge advocate for telemedicine because mm-hmm. I in the UK um, my because we had insurance afforded to us with the Betha, um, I my my primary care physician was via phone. Yeah. You know, and they would just you'd schedule did it did it ring. They'd take uh, t- uh, talk to you on video, and then you'd yeah. You know. It's all about um, like adding to the accessibility Absolutely. of family medicine. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, because uh, there are certain people who who cannot come to you. Yeah, no, no. no. I mean, <laughs> we've seen that with like COVID. Uh, yeah. So there are certain people who haven't followed up with us for two years, and who are like they're like diabetic, and they haven't followed up with you. Yeah. And then they've developed complications because of that. And if they're not with that. you, they're going to be in the hospital eventually. Exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So I think telemedicine, maybe it's something that's 
I wish and I hope it's something that we can incorporate in the future. Right. Yeah. And uh, in, you also mentioned with the board, uh, re- in upcoming week, you have a week or uh, something with the UK? Yeah, board? so yeah. Uh, so I think um, a group of uh, the Royal College of General uh, uh, Practitioners, mm-hmm. um, they'll be coming on the week of uh, the 18th till the 22nd of June. Uh, it is an accreditation visit. Okay, awesome. So basically, they will be um, like reviewing the board's uh, curriculum, policies, guidelines, teaching. Uh, they would also uh, like they would do like uh, um, some like routine visits mm-hmm. to different polyclinic centers in Kuwait. Mm-hmm. They will be interviewing um, uh, trainers, uh, staff, and uh, like residents of all years. And that's just to get a feel of how we're doing as a like as a residency program yeah and if we're living and if we're reaching the standards that are set by the by the um, the rcgp and if that's done you we're talking about being the first residency program in the middle east who have gotten the accreditation the the training accredi- um, accreditation so that's amazing it's a huge huge week for us yeah. um, like as a board and uh, uh, it would have huge implications in the future. So something to be very excited about. Um, and I think for anyone who's considering family medicine, in, especially in Kuwait, uh, I think getting this accreditation is going to be huge because yeah. you don't need to leave to have that accreditation. Now it's offered in Kuwait. It's yeah. going to strengthen our practice. I, I'm hoping for nothing but the best. I'm sure nothing yeah. but the best is to And come. it's ultimately to the benefit of, to the benefit of the patients. Yes, we are cons- we are consistently um, like upping our standards. Yep. For the service of the patients, for the service of improving health in Kuwait, mm-hmm. um, and like hopefully, like we want to reach the preventative medicine screening, like that area where we catch the conditions early. Before we they want, happen, yeah, 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 yeah. We want to, like, we want to maybe, um, we don't want patients to turn up to the hospital with conditions. Right, right. We don't want to miss um, important conditions yeah. because the doctor didn't bother asking the, like, the know, right question. So, yeah. as family, as family, as family physician, we have a huge responsibility mm-hmm. that every patient that that comes in and that fits the the criteria, make sure that you screen, mm-hmm. and because uh, that's where. Um, that's where you do the, like the benefits. If you can prevent something from like, f- like from happening, you're lessening the burden on, like on on the patient, on the healthcare yeah. system, and on society. Exactly, exactly. Well, I think that's a good uh, capping point. Um, thank you so much. This has been extremely <laughs> beneficial, uh, and I think. Uh, again, like I said, I hope people watching uh, yeah. get excited about family medicine and the future and all the changes that are happening. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that, really great. Thank you so much. Thank for being you so much here. for having me. It's uh, um, I've always um, I've always wanted to come here, uh, and I told you before, like I'm a huge fan. So like being here, high and, praise, uh, high praise. Thank you so much. Uh, and like I ho- I I really hope that people have a better like understanding of like family medicine and what family medicine is, mm-hmm. and should they choose to come into family like to family medicine. Uh, it is something that is highly fulfilling, mm-hmm. and it is something that uh, you can have a huge impact on someone's life, and that's 
more than I, that, than I can I, I'm like ask for. I'm certain if anyone's tuning into this episode, yeah. that's gonna happen. Yeah. So and like if anyone has like if like if any like uh, students or like medical um, like doctors have yeah. any questions, just like uh, you, they can contact me through like my my uh, the uh, the Instagram handle, and sure. I can like and I, I'm, I like I'll answer like all questions. Send that over to me so sure. maybe we can show it up on the in the video we can yeah. show it on the screen so For if anybody sure. has any questions they can reach out yeah um and yeah so that's the last sip of coffee for the uh, for the day a final special thank you to our guest and actually you know the family medicine board as a whole thank you, thank you so uh, guys for uh, coming on the doctor's <laughs> brew I appreciate uh, yeah so uh, till next time guys uh, be sure to like uh, follow and, and subscribe to our social media and uh, yeah thanks again thank you Hope you all enjoyed this episode of The Doctor's Brew. New episodes to listen to with a cup of coffee coming your way every Sunday on YouTube and Spotify. And be sure to follow us on Instagram for all the latest updates. See you next time.